2 Chronicles 35 Josiah kept a Passover to Yahweh in Jerusalem. They killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. He set the priests in their offices and encouraged them in the service of Yahweh's house. He said to the Levites who taught all Israel, who were holy to Yahweh, Put the holy ark in the house which Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, built. It will no longer be a burden on your shoulders. Now serve Yahweh your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves after your father's houses by your divisions, according to the writing of David, king of Israel, and according to the writing of Solomon, his son. Stand in the holy place, according to the divisions of the father's houses of your brothers, the children of the people, and let there be for each a portion of a father's house of the Levites. Kill the Passover, sanctify yourselves, and prepare for your brothers to do according to Yahweh's word to Moses. Josiah gave to the children of the people, of the flock, lambs and young goats, all of them for the Passover offerings, to all who were present, to the number of 30,000 and 3,000 bulls. These were of the king's substance. His princes gave a freewill offering to the people, to the priests and to the Levites. Hilkiah, Zechariah and Jehiel, the rulers of God's house, gave to the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 small livestock and 300 head of cattle. Conaniah also, and Shemaiah and Nethanel his brothers, and Hashabiah, Jael and Josabad, the chiefs of the Levites, gave to the Levites for the Passover offerings 5,000 small livestock and 500 head of cattle. So the service was prepared, and the priests stood in their place, and the Levites by their divisions according to the king's commandment. They killed the Passover, and the priests sprinkled the blood which they had received of their hands, and the Levites skinned them. They removed the burnt offerings that they might give them according to the divisions of the fathers' houses of the children of the people to offer to Yahweh as it is written in the book of Moses. They did the same with the cattle. They roasted the Passover with fire according to the ordinance. They boiled the holy offerings in pots, in cauldrons and in pans and carried them quickly to all the children of the people. Afterward, they prepared for themselves and for the priests because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were busy with offering the burnt offerings and the fat until night. Therefore the Levites prepared for themselves and for the priests, the sons of Aaron. The singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place, according to the commandment of David, Asaph, Heman, and Juduthan, the king's seer, and the gatekeepers were at every gate. They didn't need to depart from their service because their brothers, the Levites, prepared for them. So all the service of Yahweh was prepared the same day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings on Yahweh's altar according to the commandment of King Josiah. The children of Israel who were present kept the Passover at that time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days. There was no Passover like that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet, nor did any of the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. With the priests, the Levites and all Judah, and Israel who were present, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The Passover was kept in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah. After all of this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight against Carshemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I come not against you today, but against the house with which I have war. God has commanded me to make haste, Beware that it is God who is with me, and he is, that he not destroy you. Nevertheless, 
Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him. And he didn't listen to the words of Necho from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. The archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, because I am seriously wounded. So his, chariot, his servants took him out of the chariot, and put him in the second chariot that he had brought, and brought him to Jerusalem. And he died, and was buried in the tombs of his fathers. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. And the singing men and the singing women spoke of Josiah in their lamentations to this day. And they made them an ordinance in Israel. Behold, they are written in the lamentations. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his good deeds, according to that which is written in Yahweh's law, and his acts first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. So this chapter has two interesting things in it. One is the Passover that is celebrated. So Josiah, after he uh, repairs the temple, discovers the law. In there, he discovers the rules for keeping the Passover. And then he decides, we're going to have a Passover. And they have a great Passover, a terrific Passover. And um, so they finally, you know, they celebrate with great joy. And it was a truly heartfelt event. And um, I I wonder sometimes, you know, why... um, why when it's too late, things suddenly turn out great. <laughs> I have this football team uh, that I love to, you know, I cheer for them, but I'm kind of half-hearted because they're so wishy-washy and ordinary. And it's like they play football that's just average. But as soon as the game has gotten away from them and they can't possibly win anymore, you know, in those last 10 or 15 minutes when they can't possibly score enough points to win, suddenly something clicks and they are the most amazing football team ever. <laughs> and you think, why couldn't you have been like this the whole entire time? And here we've got the final moments. You know, we're down to the last few kings of Judah. They know that it's too late. And all of a sudden, they celebrate the Passover heartfelt. And I wonder about that. We human beings are so strange. It's like uh, we, we just are so opposite to what God wants. You know, we... Why weren't they heartfelt before? That would have prevented the judgment from coming. But when it's too late and the judgment is coming, something about the fact that the judgment is coming that causes people's hearts to, to turn toward the Lord. You know, we know that because there's a, an eternity and there's a heaven and there's a hell and each one of us face judgment, it causes us to, to have the fear of the Lord. And we're happy knowing we're saved. But judgment's coming. <laughs> All of these things are so strange and so mysterious to me. But here we've got a great king and they celebrate a great Passover. And if only they had done this all along, Israel would have been spared. But having said that, the Passover is a picture of Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens to all those around you, to you or to anyone who who cries out to Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And so that is a wonderful thing at all. After this, Pharaoh Necho attacks. Now, he apparently wasn't attacking Judah. He was attacking somewhere north of Judah in Israel. But to get there, he's got to go through the land of Judah, even if he goes along the edge. And I guess Josiah didn't like that. Josiah goes out to attack him. And Josiah ends up attacking him in a place called Megiddo, which is north. It's in, it's in the land of Israel. It's not in the land of Judah. And Megiddo is where we get the word Armageddon from. A lot of battles happened in Megiddo through the history of Israel and Judah. 
And he goes out there and he, um, you know, he goes to fight Nico and the Pharaoh says to him, my battle isn't with you. I don't have a problem with you. I'm not attacking you. You can go home. He says, but the Lord has told me to come up here and attack this. Now, that's interesting because it shows you that there's at least one Egyptian pharaoh that heard the Lord say something and was obeying. But what's interesting about this is that um, the Lord is speaking through an unlikely source. Josiah doesn't recognize or count it. If Josiah had recognized that this is truly the voice of the Lord, he would have listened because he's that type of a king. He's the type of king that wanted to do what the Lord wants, but he doesn't count it as a voice of the Lord. He doesn't recognize that this is truly the Lord speaking. And so the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways. Sometimes he speaks in ways we don't recognize. We don't think it's his voice at all. So, you know, when, when it's the Bible, you know, you're reading your Bible and you read a verse and you say, oh, the Lord spoke to me because the verse really stands out to you. You know, it's the Lord's voice. The Lord spoke to me. The Holy Spirit makes it alive. It's pretty obvious. But then there's times when the Lord might speak to you in other ways. So you might have um, someone at school or a friend or a, co- a colleague. You might even have someone who's not even a believer. Like the Pharaoh, King Nico, Pharaoh of Egypt, wasn't a believer. But sometimes the thing they have to say to you, the Lord has put it in their mouth so that you can hear it. And um, <laughs> this, is, this is why we have to be so... We have to walk with the Lord so closely so that we can hear his voice even when it comes from the strangest of places. And that's one of the reasons why here at Peace we do listening prayer. We Listening prayer isn't only about hearing the Lord speak when you're sitting there silently trying to listen. It's about telling the Lord that his voice matters to you so that even if you don't hear his voice when you're sitting silently, your heart is becoming sensitized and also the Lord knows that you value his voice and you tend to hear his voice at other times and other places. And uh, I remember years ago uh, when I was single and uh, I was, there was a girl that I thought was an interesting girl and I wanted to um, express, you know, I wanted to tell her I was interested and wanted to you know, invite her out to coffee. The types of things you think when you're in those very, very early stages. Seemed like an interesting person and um, but I was also in the very early stages of doing web design and, and one day I um, was driving down in the part of town where she lived and her car was parked out the front and I looked at her number plate and I saw the numbers on her number plate and it was an internet code. The number that was written on her plate was a code and straight away I knew the meaning of the code which meant unavailable. <laughs> and so yeah, the Lord spoke to me so clearly that day through a number plate. And you know, the Lord speaks all the time in so many different ways. Don't go out now saying, oh, the Lord speaks through number plates, looking everywhere for all the number plates, because a lot of them will just be number plates. But the Lord, if you're sensitive to the Lord, he knows how to speak. And so the Lord spoke to Josiah through an unbeliever, King Nico, but Josiah didn't hear, and the result was he, um, he died an untimely death at the age of 39. Very sad. At the end of the chapter, it says that, that Jeremiah lamented for him. Now, we this is Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah, by the way, is the biggest book in the Bible. Some people think that the book of Psalms is the biggest, but no, Psalms has got the most chapters, but the chapters in Jeremiah are longer, and the book of Jeremiah is the biggest book. And so this is the Jeremiah that wrote that, and the Jeremiah also wrote another book called Lamentations, 
And so when it said here that he lamented for Josiah, um, it makes you think of the book of Lamentations, but no, it's not. He wrote other songs that were laments and whatever lament he wrote for Josiah, it's not that one. Now, someone has composed a lament for Josiah in recent times and they posted it to their website. I, I read it. It was a really nice lament. Uh, you know, nice in the sense that it was well done because it was sad. Um, but it's not the one that's <laughs> from the Bible. So if you happen to have come across that one online, it's, it's a modern lament. And uh, it's sad because here's a good, good guy who died early because he didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. And so it's a reminder to us to seek the Lord and to know him. So just want to mention this. This is the second last chapter of, of Second Chronicles, and we're going to wrap this up tomorrow. I just wanted to mention that we had three kings in a row. We had Ahaz, Hezekiah, and Manasseh. During the reign of those three kings, we've got Isaiah the prophet. Then we have Ammon, who wasn't king for very long, but then we've got Josiah, and all of his sons to follow, and then Zechariah, who is Josiah's brother. We've got five kings, and Jeremiah is the prophet during all of the period of these, these kings. So the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah, they cover the last nine kings of Israel between the two of them. And when we get to Isaiah and Jeremiah, or even in your own readings, it's very helpful to be able to come back to books like Chronicles and to just think, you know, who's the king at the time that this prophecy is being brought? because it gives the prophecies a whole new light. When we get to those books, I will endeavor to do that for you in any case. Lord, I wanna thank you for your word, which comes to us in many different ways, sometimes from unexpected sources. And I pray that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen.